In 2011, a film was released with a blockbuster cast. Gwyneth Paltrow, Matt Damon, Lawrence Fishburne, Kate Winslet, Marion Coltyard, Jude Law. This film was an apocalyptic thriller, but unlike one we had seen before. Instead of nuclear bombs, aliens, or terminators, this worldwide crisis was brought on by an unseen enemy. MEV-1, a newly discovered virus from Hong Kong. This virus would spread across the world rapidly and with deadly results. The film portrayed with a seemingly realistic flair what would happen in a modern day pandemic and how everyone from healthcare centers to governments to online conspiracy trolls would react. That film was Contagion, and here we are, nine years after its release, in a similar scenario. Though, thank God, COVID-19 is nowhere near as deadly as the fictional MEV-1, with COVID-19 currently having a roughly 3% mortality rate compared to the nearly 30% mortality rate of MEV-1, the nations of our world are in just as much terror, and economies and cultures are on shutdown. Just today, the states of Illinois and Connecticut issued stay-at-home orders for any non-essential trips, adding to similar demands from the governors of California and New York. Even here in my home of Knoxville, Tennessee, a city of only 185,000 citizens, our mayor just hours ago declared an executive order closing all gyms, bars, and public events, and reducing all restaurants to delivery or takeout only. Things are getting worse and more dire, even if we don't see it directly. And now is the time to buckle down and do our part. Hand washing, social distancing, and keeping an eye on your neighbor is something we are all capable of doing. This may calm down in a week or two, but let's get real. We're probably in this for a good while longer. I'm Dustin Durham with the podcast This Is Super Cool, and you are listening to A Pandemic Interlude, Part 2. Hey guys, so some brief good news. I am technically back at my office. I had only taken a few days off to work at home because I may have mentioned this in the last episode. I work with a handful of people who are pretty much all over the age of 60 roughly and are at high risk for this. And I just had to go to D.C. for a work event. So I just wanted to self-quarantine for the second half of this week just to make sure that in this crucial like five to seven, five to eight day period when symptoms can show up that I hadn't contracted the virus and I'm 
happy to say I, I feel fine there I don't have any symptoms and so I am at my office uh, recording this part right now uh, that intro and the interviews you'll hear were recorded uh, earlier and yesterday on my phone but I did want to bring them to you so there won't be as much editing again with this as normal but hopefully this episode will slightly be more ep- uh, excuse me more edited than the previous one and the hope is still starting probably Sunday or Monday to bring you guys little mini episodes of uh, 15 minutes, 10 minutes every other day. Uh, just something to kind of brighten your day through this pandemic. But for now, enjoy three more interviews. The first two you'll hear are a couple, my best friend Elliot Lewis and his wife Stacy. Uh, they live in the Chicago area. They're actually in the heart of downtown Chicago so the first interview is with them and how they're coping. Um, they will tell you what they, they do and stuff, obviously, and give you details. And then after the interview with Elliot and Stacy, there's an interview with my roommate, Daniel, and how he's dealing with stuff. And as of right now, I don't have any other interviews, but if I get some of my friends to, uh, or if anyone listening to this wants to do a brief interview, five to ten minutes or so on how this pandemic's affecting them, you're free to contact me. I would love to do, you know, another episode or two on this, if anything, like I said, just for documentation's sake. But for now, this is just a two-part series, and then hopefully we can get into many episodes in a few days of just other things that are actually cool and not potentially uh, gonna, you know, deadly to the entire world. So anyway, here's this first interview with Elliot and Stacy. Uh, and then after that, the, you'll hear just like a brief little interlude sound, and then you'll have the interview with Daniel. So I hope you guys enjoy. So first, what is your full do you live and what do you do? So my name is Elliot Lewis. I live in Chicago. And currently, I'm a graduate student in urban planning. And you're right in the heart of Chicago. I am right in the heart of Chicago. <laughs> I'm just out of the loop. I'm looking out. I'm seeing the L. I'm seeing the lake, Grant Park. Yeah, uh, we're right in it. Right in the thick of it. Okay, so how has how has this um, wonderful pandemic affected your daily life so far? Well, so we moved to Chicago about a year and a half ago, and I guess it's great timing, you know, uh, moving to a very dense city, third largest city, uh, <laughs> right before a pandemic. Mm, yeah, that's um, cool. yeah. Well, especially because of where you lived before. Right. So we lived in West Virginia, and they're the last state to get a confirmed case. <laughs> and it was uh, like out of panhandle, apparently. Yeah, and a lot of that's due to testing. Uh, sure. But still, yeah, I <laughs> just thought that, that was very ironic. Yeah, of course. Uh, but yeah, so like we, <laughs> things are slower for sure. Okay. Unless you go to the grocery store and then it's just beyond hectic. Have you all stopped like using the L? Uh, yes. So I am a huge advocate for public transportation. <laughs> it kills me not to be riding it. But at the same time, everybody knows that we have to do what we can to limit uh, the spread of the virus. And public transportation, unfortunately, is a big nexus for uh, transmission. So we're trying to, everyone's trying to stay off of it if we can. That way people who need to use it can use it while still being at a safer distance. So people are still using it. They haven't shut it down. 
I mean, they haven't shut it down. Um, the commuter rail Metra has announced they are drastically reducing uh, some service. Okay. Uh, in, uh, CTA, I think I saw uh, from yesterday, last year, or compared to last year, they are down about 60% system-wide. Oh, yes, uh, a lot of that is on the L itself, the train. Uh, buses haven't been quite as hit that badly, but they are still uh, drastically underperforming where they were last year. Okay. Um, but where I where I go to school is about a mile, mile and a half away from my apartment, so I could just walk it uh, if okay. need be. But that's, the need uh, isn't there because all of our classes are now being migrated to online. Uh, we there. got an email. It, it, was, it was so funny. It was a cascade of emails over the course of uh, two or three days last hmm. week. And it was basically saying... Right, we don't know what's going to happen, so here's you know some contingency plans. And then it was like, okay, well we're going to shift everything to online if we can. And then they're like, well, okay, we can't. So what we're going to do is give you an extra break or extra week of spring break, uh, which was this yeah. week. actual spring break is next week. And oh, so you got start- an early spring break? Yes, uh, yeah. and then starting. Uh, after uh, next week, after the actual spring break, all classes will be held online through the end of the semester. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, the uh, May commencement is canceled. All sports activities and uh, entertainment, any large gatherings are canceled. Um, inside the student center, all of the restaurants there are takeout only. So all the restaurants right now in Chicago and bars are uh takeout or delivery uh, really so, the only place that you can go to are the stores and, uh, even then it, you're, we're being urged to limit our um, you know our times going out yeah. and limit them to necessities at the grocery store so uh, you, we have, oh. I was just gonna say so so you all obviously being in a you know the third biggest city in the country um, there's co- probably this well I know there is there's this kind of air of seriousness there that you might not have in smaller cities and towns. So what would your advice be to people who aren't in a really dense city and can't necessarily see as much the effects of this pandemic so far, who might not be like taking it super serious yet? What would your advice be to them? Regardless of where you are about one and about every six people uh, so far have been asymptomatic. So not even showing symptoms. So there, there's this this idea of well, it's lower density. We're not seeing you know a lot of cases, if any, and that. But then even with that, people might have it and not showing symptoms. Yeah. Regardless of this, there is a chance that you might have this, or someone you know might have this and not showing it, and uh, you might decide that okay, well, I'm living you know here in you know some rural area, and. Uh, I don't have it, but you might make a trip to Ohio. You might make a trip sure. to a larger place and contract it there, or you might have it in a rural place and then go to a more densely populated place and then spread it further there. Well, especially because uh, they're saying now they found out that it can live on, you know, like metal and plastic for up to three days. Right. So all of these college students, for instance, going down to uh, <laughs> spring break in Panama City. Uh, or Myrtle Beach, so, like 
they, you know, a lot of them think that they are going to be fine, which they probably will be, even if they contract it. However, they can still give it to anybody they come in contact with. Well, and I just saw, I think, last night that they're starting to understand the data better, and it's like one out of every five people between the ages of 18 and 40, it's still serious enough for them to have to be hospitalized. So even if you don't die from it, you know, one out of every five you know, people our age might have to go to the hospital and that might overwhelm the system so that then older people that it is super serious, they might die because they don't get proper hospital service. Exactly. So uh, just don't be a terrible college student. That's what you're saying. Please don't be a terrible college student. <laughs> um, it's bad enough for me to be around college students going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I'm telling you, man, late 20s are very different than early mm-hmm. 20s. Well, another another interesting thing about all this, uh, this is probably going to be more uh, info that you'll need. You'll probably pare down for uh, your actual podcast. No, um, I'm not editing any of this. I'm stuck at home on my phone, so none of this gets edited. <laughs> oh, well, then I won't be able to much. But it, we're in this new normal because I, I'm not only a college student. I'm a research assistant at uh, yeah. the Urban Transportation Center here. And we are in the midst of... Uh, online surveys and phone interviews for two different projects at the same time. Mm. So, you know, we're calling people and we're doing conference calls already with that. But any, we're still having to keep basically the same level of interaction with the research team. Uh, and then also any like group projects that we have going on for school. And now we're trying to do that through Blackboard Collaborate. We're trying to do that through Google Hangouts everyone's trying to get used to interacting virtually. Uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see in the future what, what comes out of that, um, whether you know, more things start to be migrated to that even with, without a quarantine or whether uh, we understand the value of human interaction more uh, and we try to resist that. So uh, I'll be looking uh, forward to that in the future. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I was talking yesterday with... Um, my roommate Jack about how I want to believe that this will be something that, you know, is world changing in a good way and people will like have better hygiene habits afterwards. But I just know that we're quick to forget and we're stubborn Americans. And so I could also see, I could also see, you know, within a year, unless this gets really bad and kills, you know, like a hundred thousand people in America kind of a thing, which I hope it doesn't. But, you know, aside from something like that, I could see within a year us being like, Oh, pff, pandemic's over. We don't need to wash our hands more than two seconds again. If that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, well, thanks for chatting with me. Do you mind if I, you're welcome. your wife for a second? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, she's t- she's diligently reading uh, academic journals right now uh, because <laughs> that's what they told her to do because she can't go to the hospital. Anyway, here she is. Oh, okay, wonderful. Is it on speaker? Oh no, I think it put up here. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Hi, Stacy. How are you? Good. How are you, Dustin? Good. You you you're about to be interviewed. Are you okay with that? <laughs> I'm okay with that. <laughs> Okay, cool. So what is your full name? Um, obviously, you're uh, Elliot's wife, so your last name is Lewis, and you live the same place as him. But So what is your name, and where do you work? What do you do? My name is Stacy Lewis, and I am currently a second-year pediatric resident at Advocate Children's Hospital in Oak Lawn, Illinois. And how uh, being in the medical field and in the, you know, a hospital setting, has this affected you kind of so far in your day-to-day? It's 
definitely been a change. So um, I actually <laughs> am currently on an, what we call an elective rotation. So I was um, working with our psychiatry team. So because okay. I am not a, what they say, essential part of the hospital. I wasn't on the floors or kind of having a patient load of my own. I've been deemed non-essential and I'm currently home doing like in-house learning, reading mostly about psychiatry, but that's kind of my day-to-day how it got changed. But in general, with our pediatric residents at the hospital, it's mostly kind of if when we are on the floors, when we are taking care of patients, it's a little bit more business as usual. Just, you know, if a kid comes in sick, figuring out what symptoms they're having, figuring out um, if they are at risk for being exposed to um, the coronavirus and then kind of trying to determine which patients actually need to be tested and which ones don't need to be tested. Okay. And I know that there there have been a good handful of cases in Chicago. Do you know, have there been any at your facility that you've been at? As of right now, um, there have um I actually, if I'm thinking of my hospital's policy correctly, I'm not technically allowed to say. Oh, no. That, okay. Well, but then don't in do the that. community, in the community of Oakland, we have seen some positive cases. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, and I've, I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this does not seem to be affecting people like under the age of 12 or anything that badly, if at all. Yeah, we actually so have far. seen kind of the pediatric population has gotten a little bit more lucky. Um I'm not sure if there actually is any evidence as to why, but it seems like the um, pediatric patients that are getting infected aren't quite as sick. The problem with the pediatrics are they get the coronavirus and then they are disgusting little humans. And so they pass it along to everyone they come in contact with. So they're better vectors than actual like victims of the coronavirus. (laughs) Which I think we can agree. That's just kids in general. They're just disgusting and very disgusting little humans. Yes, they're snotty and they just touch everything. Yeah, precious, precious, but disgusting. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so do you all think that have have they given you any indication of kind of and I mean obviously we're all playing this by ear, but have, is there like a, a protocol for something like this? Like do they just reevaluate every, you know, so many weeks or are they just as a hospital playing it day by day like the rest of us? It is one hundred percent day by day. There is actually a pretty robust task force, I know at my hospital, and I'm sure at many other hospitals in the area, that every day they're looking at the new information, the new data points, new recommendations from the CDC. And every day, actually, I get an email from the hospital. And then I also get an email from my chief residents um, every day, kind of telling us what new and exciting things are happening in our hospital. So whether it be uh, visitor restrictions or how testing is going to go or who's reporting to work, who's reporting to other places. So every day is kind of a new adventure, but we have a really great team, at least I know at my hospital, that are keeping us up to date pretty quickly. Oh, good. So what would your what would your advice be to people who maybe have, uh, you know, kids under the age of like 15 or something in terms of, you know, dealing with this? Is there anything especially different that they would need to do to protect against it? Or is it just kind of do the same motions that everybody else is to prevent um, the spread of this? Yeah, it's really the same, like just hand washing and social isolation. Actually, thankfully, um, the schools have kind of done that for us. Um, If a kid can't go to school, they are severely restricted to whose germs they're sharing with, which um, thankfully (laughs) means less 
sick kiddos. Um, we actually jokingly were talking about this among my um, co-workers and co-residents. Um, while the adult ED is bursting at the seams, the pediatric ED is actually not that busy. And part of us okay. are thinking because either parents aren't wanting to expose their kids to the hospital or just simply sure. they're not in contact with their classmates. And so we're seeing less sick kids during a time when normally respiratory season, we're usually seeing a lot of kids who have these symptoms anyway. Huh. Well, there you go. It's good to good to skip school. Yeah, I'm not sure if, we're, <laughs> if they're seeing that in the rest of the country, but that's definitely what we've been seeing kind of on the south side of Chicago. Just less sick kids or at least kids that are staying home, even if they're like, so they're not that sick. Oh, that's awesome. That's super good. Um, well, I will let you all go. So this doesn't go super long, but thanks for talking with me. Thank you for wanting to talk to us. Yeah, of course. Anytime I'll have to call and talk to you when we're not doing an interview for a podcast soon. That sounds great. All right. I love you guys. Stay safe. We Wash love your hands you too. I'll, I'll talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye. Hello. What's up? Hey, Dan. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. <laughs> uh, so we are actually uh, two two rooms apart for everyone um, who's listening. Um, but because of the app I'm using, it would be echoey. So uh, this is my roommate Dan. So Dan, tell everyone your your name. Yeah, my name is Daniel James Hullet. I go by Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And uh, what what do you do here in town? Tell everybody what you do for work. For work, I work uh, right down the road. I think I have the shortest commute in Knoxville, but <laughs> for I, sure. I work at Second Mile Marketing. Uh, we're a digital agency for it, located in Knoxville, and I am a content creator for them. So I create content for all the digital marketing that we push out for our clients. Sweet. Um, and you are currently uh, working from home, correct? I, I am, yeah. I brought my standing desk from work today <laughs> and set it up in our little library so I could stand and not feel like a slug the whole day <laughs> and it looks wonderful the library looks great thank uh, you yeah i put it by the window the outside and know that i'm not going crazy creep out on our neighbors yeah so um <laughs> yeah so obviously so you guys aren't aren't working in your office so that's you know kind of one way that this has kind of started to get real so what are some other things that have you've noticed have affected your kind of daily life and just life here in knoxville because of this pandemic the going to gyms, that's been a really interesting thing. I've every day this week I've been running at the park or in South Knoxville somewhere because that's a great way of social distancing. Sure. Uh, and not being around people. And so usually my routine, it's really affected my daily routine of going to work, um, going and getting coffee at Honeybee Coffee and talking to the baristas and getting my morning ready and that's no longer really a thing. It's more of go drive down there, grab my coffee, and nobody's in there because they're just doing to-go coffee. And, oh, okay. And so, and then after work, I usually go work out downtown at a gym that I go to, and I think they're about to close their doors up, and really, I, I don't want to go to a, a sweaty, nasty gym anyways. So. Oh, for sure. So, I mean, that's so just you... a couple ways. So, I mean, and at least thank God here in Knoxville, it's been, you know, since 
kind of crap hit the fan. It's been in the mid to upper 60s and now this week mid to upper 70s. Yeah, I'm really grateful for the weather. It's it's crazy though. It's like every day has been an overcast, which I feel like makes the virus so much scarier. <laughs> right, it, it just seems is. like doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, man, I just if it was sunshiny, I feel like the virus would go away because the sun would kill it. But... <laughs> right, you'd just be like, <laughs> okay, well at least the world's happy, but now you're just like, oh, we're meant to die. Like, yeah, it's. Sad. I look outside and I'm like, yeah, there's definitely a, a pandemic going on because yeah, there's... right gray just, clouds and and because everything's so empty it just it, yeah it feels apocalyptic so um yeah so yeah, what I mean, are you and i went to target last night and there's nobody there you no know? it was nuts i mean yeah everything's deserted um so what are you personally doing i guess just making sure you you know wash the hands and the sanitizer and stuff <laughs> yeah i'm definitely washing my hands um trying to definitely count to 20 seconds which is a lot Very longer than you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh man, it's now. I'm. I'm glad this is like we talked about last night. It's great to be in this pandemic with everybody because you start to realize a how not clean you are. Yeah. And, right. And b just to appreciate small things like going around people as much like there are introverts and extroverts in the world, but. It does make you be like, wow, I really do miss being out just in public. Um, Amen. Other things that I've been doing, definitely going on runs, has been keeping my sanity since I'm working from home. Okay, um, for sure. We've been playing board games at night, catching up on the latest Disney Plus releases. Uh, yes, please. Which is absolutely lovely. It is. Um, and then another thing I've been doing is just trying to be very mindful of the situation i think at first i wasn't very uh empathetic towards it okay and i was just like this is just gonna kind of blow over and sure. it's not a big deal but i think now just being understanding of what is happening and being appreciative of the small things and helping out others that i can with social distancing or like I talked to our pastor this morning yeah. and like asking if there's any old elderly people in the church that need the younger people to go get groceries or different things like that. So trying to Good. reach out to my parents or anybody and making sure that you're helping out who, yeah, helping out and not to feel good about myself, but, no, I think but this because has been it's a beautiful a community effort. Yeah. It's been a beautiful recognition also of being able to see people coming together yeah. i think the last time something like this happened was 9 11 where everybody just like put down their differences their differences and was like oh we have to work together to solve this problem so yeah which has been really cool for sure so what just one last thing um before what would you what would you say to someone who is listening to this podcast 10 years in the future like what how, what would you say to them about like what we're experiencing now and what they can learn of course you know we don't mm. we don't know i mean it might kill us all i i doubt it but it might you know i mean <laughs> maybe maybe there's no one to listen to it but in, yeah in, if they dig this uh, <laughs> podcast oh, up in a time i'm a time exactly so yeah what what would be your you know handful of things you would just tell to someone in the future as we look back on this that hopefully you know in a week it starts to subside but we'll see but I would say number one, don't buy as much 
toilet paper as people are. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> There's no at, need. No, we're fine at the house right now, but I'm getting worried that as we deplete, we're gonna yeah. be yeah, like, we're gonna be out of luck. Yeah, it, I mean, it really paid off that one of us—I don't know who it was—but one of us bought like a 48 pack like a month ago randomly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> praise God that Jack bought a random 48 pack, pack of toilet of paper. Yeah, now we have the great wall of TP we downstairs. Re- in our really do. So okay, so don't hoard toilet paper. What else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do that for sure. Um. I think going back to before, like recognizing that life is short and um, to be grateful for every circumstance that you have every day. Mm. Uh, I think that's a good outlook on it. Um, taking people seriously and like listening well to others and not judging others about things. And I think that's a good outlook too, as some people are struggling with this and some people aren't as much. I would say my anxiety levels lately have been very low, which is shocking. Huh? Yeah. Me. Thankfully, I take Lexapro, which helps that. Preach. Shout out to Lexapro Amen. for your lovely service that Dustin and I are on. Yep. And <laughs> just uh, we'll see if we can sponsor this segment with. Them. Oh my god, and, that'd be uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> this talk is by Lexapro. By Lexapro. Um, when the world's collapsing <laughs> around you, Lexapro. <laughs> Call 1-800-LEXAPRO if you want (laughs) to chill out from the pandemic. Yeah, so I'm pretty grateful for the amount of anxiety I have not had. Good. But I do recognize that others do. Kind of what you and I were talking in the the car last night about, like, being aware of the people around you and know that they have maybe more anxious tendencies than you do. And so being very mindful and people smart of how you talk and not speculate and i think that's something that's really important is a don't speculate and also i'd say the last thing is to take news breaks yeah i think it's very easy to just keep your if you have twitter your twitter feed just always pulling up and waiting for the next uh bad news yeah yeah bad news and um but take those in small amounts and read them all at one time and take a breath and love the people around you as, as much as possible. But I do think we're going to get through this. It's just uh, like we said last night, I'm grateful that I'm in a time where we are like, I am grateful that I am a part of this so that I can learn from it. Yeah. And, and hopefully tell people in the future to get their shit together, not hoard toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for chatting, Dan. Hopefully everybody listening will appreciate your um, humor and wisdom and, uh, and thoughtfulness. Yeah. I'll see you around the house sometime. Yep. I'll see you in a few. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Okay, guys. So that's the show. That's the episode. Again, I want to thank my roommate, Daniel, for doing his interview with me from two rooms away in our house and for my friends Elliot and Stacy for calling in and doing that with me from their home in Chicago. Also shout out to Stacy. I just want to clarify so no one accuses me of not being aware of this or sexism or anything, but Stacy is obviously Elliot's wife and that's how I know Stacy is through Elliot. Um, I met them kind of at the same time, but also Stacy is her own person and is a doctor and so she has jokingly given me flack for that before because I've called her Mrs. Lewis because I legitimately didn't 
think or believe that doctor superseded uh, misses to me they were just different terms uh, felt the same way for guys that you can be a mister and a doctor you can be a missus and a doctor but I just want to give her credit where credit is due because she has studied hard and she is Dr. Stacy Lewis and uh, he is Mr. Elliot Lewis uh, I don't know if he's a professional engineer technically so I'm a bad friend Elliot sorry about that but anyway thanks to my friends for doing this interview and again, just remember guys, stay safe, wash your frickin' hands, be just cognizant and aware of the people around you, practice social distancing, and just forget about yourself uh, in a good way. And just remember, we're all in this together, and the community right now matters more than you as an individual. So I love you guys, and I will hopefully talk to you all in a few days with some fun mini stories. All right, take care.